I'm Bay, and you're listening to Bay Baltimore, a weekly pop culture and society podcast recorded in a quiet neighborhood in Baltimore. This week, I have so much I want to share, but first, I, um, well, I will eventually talk about uh, Loki. Uh, I did see the first episode of the season or the show. And I want to talk about it in the best way that I can. Super big preface by saying I watch half of these superhero shows because hubby is into that. I'm more into supernatural, Afrofuturistic sci-fi sort of stuff. So like all of that and Marvel and what's the other one? Marvel and DC, you know. I'm limited, so please just take everything I say with a pinch or four of salt. Um, yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Loki because I I do there's I, I, yeah I want to talk about it. But first, um, man, okay, so by the time this episode comes out, it'll be a couple of days before Juneteenth, and many of you, if you're listening from the United States, which is the majority of the folks who are listening to this show, uh, you're from, um, man, wasn't last year interesting? Wasn't last year super interesting that everybody decided that that was the year that they wanted to at least pretend to be into, ah, um, Juneteenth and understanding that and all while, and, and my, how the tables have turned. So we went from celebrating, well, many of us went from celebrating, uh, the 1619 Project and, and shedding a light on, shedding light on the time when the first of my ancestors, African-American ancestors, landed on the shores of the United States. Um, so we went from celebrating that and, and really kind of looking it in the eye and taking a deep breath and saying, okay, here we come to, you know, supporting broadly nationwide Juneteenth to here we are now (laughs) here we are now um where there's a total denial of critical race theory and a total rejection of critical race theory being taught in school and I can remember so that they're making all this big fuss but I told you I've been said when I was in school I went to into school in majority white community in a majority white district I learned about MLK and barely. I learned about I learned about native I learned I learned about indigenous American individuals by way of Thanksgiving and barely. Uh, it, it, it had uh, comically. Right? I can't even remember. We were so trifling with it. We I can remember I had a Jericho back then. I had a Jerry Curl. Google Jerry Curl if you do not know, you youngsters, if you're listening to me. Uh, Jerry is spelled J-H-E-R-I, I think. Jerry Curl. Um, it was a thing that we black folks did to our hair and certainly our kids' hair. And Anyway, I had a Jerry Curl in this majority white um, class. Anyway, we made these ridiculous headdresses out of paper. With the complete with like the the feathers and everything and anyway, so we stapled it on their heads and the, or you stapled stapled it 
anyway, however we were putting it together, we closed it with a staple. And you were supposed to set it at the top of your head. Well, but my hair was so full of activator that my stuff, not only did it stain, but it started to slide because it wouldn't quite sit. Um, because the, the juice had soaked through the paper because I wasn't a white kid who had stick straight hair. Um, and I had to have, I had juices and berries in my hair. Shoot, you can't just, you can't put any old thing atop juices and berries hair. Come on. Uh, although that was not juices and berries. That was very much chemicals, juices, and all whatever. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but anyway, I can remember that travesty of a quote unquote celebration. I remember bringing in corn talking about this is maize. And girl, do you remember we had, and don't be offended if you're, if you don't identify as a woman, I'm just, I'm saying that because it's a part of my speech. Um, uh, sorry, not, I don't mean any offense by it. Not, Anyway, how do I tell you not to be offended by something I say? I apologize. I don't mean to offend. Um, anyway, y'all. So had that that celebration I was telling you about. I'm gonna get to my point in a minute. That t- celebration I was telling you about on on um in in honor of Thanksgiving. You know, we had the, the nerve to call in um a, a real live uh, uh indigenous person, girl. And and now, mind you. I believe he dressed in the way that he would normally dress anyway, complete with turquoise jewelry. And um, I actually think he had some sort of, not a headdress on, but he definitely had, I thought he had a feather on or something. And excuse me, I'm not a hundred. So I'm, I'm in Missouri, right? So if you know anything about the United States, if you're from the United States, even if you're on the East Coast, West Coast, or in the South, one of the things that you need to know is that Missouri, excuse me, Iowa, Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas, lots of uh, uh, Native American uh, communities there. Even if the tribes themselves were driven out by uh, the Trail of Tears, and most of the, the, obviously, Oklahoma has a huge population, but so too does uh, Kansas and Missouri. Um, Arkansas too, um, but and the other states that I mentioned, they, they have decent representation, but it's more so Oklahoma, Kansas, and Missouri, um, and in that order, that has a large population. Of course, there are um, uh, indigenous tribes all over the United States, certainly here in Maryland and New York, and 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 all over. But I, I we had the nerve. But anyway, I'm, I'm getting off track. My point is, I grew up in a majority white community. And so, of course, what we did not. So I told you the, the, the two ethnicities that we learned about. Right. So indigenous, indigenous and then um, black American, but only to, only uh, MLK because it was deemed safe. We did not learn about Asian American culture at all. Um, we didn't hear, we didn't learn about Mexican American culture at all, at all, I, at all, <laughs> um, Hawaii, uh, Hawaiian, um, Asian Pacific Islander or uh, Pacific Islander, not none. Did we learn any of that in school? We learned a ton about uh, European American heritage, 
Sure did. Um, and then, mm-hmm, aeronautics, well, uh, space as it relates to walking on the moon and all of that stuff. And all, yeah, we learned about everything else, but when it came to ethnicity, no, ma'am, that was just not something that was in the Missouri textbooks. Um, and certainly not on the docket for us to really read unless we search that stuff out ourselves, which shame, 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 shame. Anyway, so it isn't like, it isn't like there was a whole heck of a lot of critical race theory, but critical race theory wasn't even been taught. But now we got whole districts that are saying like, absolutely not. We're not talking about none of this stuff. And I'm like, cool. So two seconds ago, last year, we were all like, yeah, yeah, we got to, you know, we got to really celebrate the emancipation of native, uh, of, of black people in the United States because we're, we're going to acknowledge now that it's real. Punks. Anyway, I just think it's so interesting and so very on brand that we would be so very symbolic and very performative one year. And then this year, where are we, baby? We're totally rejecting critical race theory in in schools. Um, We got commercials where you have actors talk about we're going to invest in black businesses. A white actor talking about we're going to invest in black businesses. No, you're not. Maybe some of you, but like, come on, not on mass. Let's be for real. Let's be for real. Like, you too busy trying to deny moving on. Uh, anyway, it's just interesting where we are. What a difference uh, 365 days makes. Um, and so interesting, I heard that there is an attempt to try to make Juneteenth a national holiday. And there are many folks who I fellowship with that are absolutely against that because the, the, the fear is that you're going to whitewash it like you wash, wash everything else. Literally, the way you whitewash everything else. Um, and to that I say, mm, I don't know. Because at the end of the day, like, I want, an, I want acknowledgement. I want reparations. I want true systemic change more than reparations. Although, whatever. Like, we got people hungry. We got people starving. We got people whose ends can't meet. And this country was built on the blood, sweat, and tears, largely, of our ancestors who were enchained, in chains. Mm, mm, mm. I mean, but if you really want to go there, the United States owes, owes the descendants of, of enslaved Africans, owes the the people and and descendants or uh, descendants of of japanese americans who were interned uh, everybody everybody who's not everybody there's a, there's a line there's a line of people there's a line of communities that the united states owes and because of our total as a country total denial of that responsibility, I don't think it'll ever happen. I don't think it'll ever happen because there's nobody on the quote unquote liberal side that will have spine enough to stand up in the face of total loss. Like, I don't think there's anybody that has spine enough to stand up for such acts. And I don't think there's on in the quote unquote liberal side and on the uh, the, the Republican side, the, the conservative side, because you just can't say Republican, the conservative side, there's not a spine there either to acknowledge you're too busy 
being butt hurt. So it's whatever. Um, nevertheless, we celebrated. We're going to celebrate. And I know so I know people are just itching. I started to say sorrows. I just got off call. Um, some of the last of the year. Y'all, oh my goodness, sorority year is over, is ending. And at last of my meetings, my goodness, you have no idea how wrought with meetings these past few weeks have been in anticipation of ending the sorority year. And my goodness. So meetings are ending. And anyway, everybody's so in my sorority meetings, in the NPHC meetings, just in meetings and passing, everybody's talking about getting out and getting free. Um, because the assumption is that everybody has their vaccin- vaccination, and I just know that's not true. There are folks that I know who are taking it by choice. There are other folks who, because they have health issues, are, t- are not taking it until something else changes. There are children whose parents won't let them take it until they know more. And so I think I just don't want us to be premature, but at the same time, I do want us to casually move. If you have your vaccine, if you're fully vaccinated, and it's a shame you got to say fully vaccinated because some people think, let me get this. They did not get the J&J, but they say, let me get this one shot. (laughs) But the only one shot is the J&J, my dears. Pfizer and Moderna, you got to take that second to be vaccinated, to be totally vaccinated. Until you take that, uh, unless and until you take that second shot, you are only partially so and all of us have to take a a booster um in the fall so mm, anyway but yeah like a little premature I know everybody's ready to get out um certainly I know for a fact I'm going to be out and about on the uh, on the scene although I'll be very I don't know if I'm gonna go in I don't know I'm gonna see how I feel I know I'm gonna be out and I know I'm gonna be masked up on the uh, on Juneteenth even though I have a meeting that morning um, on uh, Juneteenth, if you're in the Baltimore area or you will be in the Baltimore area, um, there's a Black Wall Street pop up um, at the Palladium um, and tickets are free. But obviously, for contact tracing purposes, um, they want to be able to get in touch with people who are coming into the place. So it's already on Eventbrite. Um, it starts at three on uh, uh, this coming Saturday. So June 19th, Juneteenth. Um, and there is, if y'all remember, uh, Sangria Patio Bar, which at this point has been so many different names, but it's, it was kitty corner from what used to be the Hippodrome. No, not the Hippodrome, but the, the Hippo, you know where it's at. It's up the street from Belvedere. It's at, it's on Charles, can't call the cross street, but it's, uh, the Sangria Patio Bar. There's a Walgreens at the corner. Um, there's a big old parking lot. It's, uh, uh, shoot. What you call it? If you're from the Metro Baltimore area, what's the, what's, what, what are people uh, call the neighborhood? What's the neighborhood? It's in the neighborhood. I can't call the name of it. Mount Vernon? Is it Mount Vernon? Yeah, Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon. So it's kind of right in there. It's, it's not very far from where City Cafe used to be. Um, anyway, Sangria Patio Bar, um, definitely check that out that's at six o'clock so you got black wall street the, the at the palladium the black wall street pop-up and then you got the sangrio patio bar where they're going to be out on the patio now i if y'all have if you know sangria bar and you if even if you're not super familiar with baltimore and you're new to the area a lot of the bars a lot of the places they say that they have patios and things like that you use your own caution because the place is kind of like 
you could it's be in deep it's deeper than it is wide um because it feels like two row houses that were turned into or like one really big row house that was turned into like a club and it has a back space and I know that they're doing contact tracing, contract contact tracing as well. So obviously there's gonna there's a capacity piece to this whole thing. Um, but you know you move at your own risk. You go to these things at your own risk. But I did want to shout them out um, because I know uh, I mean Sangria Patio Bar is black owned. Um, so I you know even if you it's it's totally free. It says it's free free to register. Have I registered for this? Hold on, let me try to register right quick okay yes uh, it say it's free it's yes yeah, it say it's free so mm, okay anyway so yeah uh those are two events that i have my eye on there's another one um so if you're in the metro baltimore area you may know of dove cote the um that little that little tiny something like a cafe on um what street is that that's up the street from uh druid hill i cannot call the name of, but anyway dove cote if you go on instagram um d-o-v-e-c-o-t-e and i think there's like an accent over the e anyway dove cote it is not only is it black owned it's black woman owned and i think they're queer too so the trifecta um, you're really supporting, but they are very much good neighbors and they have every year they have hosted, or at least I don't know that they did it last year, but, um, due to the pandemic, but they have for the last five years, at least worked with the community. I think they were in, in fellowship with the community organization. Uh, what's that neighborhood right there? What's that neighborhood right there? When you Google Dove Cote, you'll you'll get it. But anyway, um, they're hosting a Juneteenth celebration this year, and I know that there's another. Uh, it's a park. It's not Park Heights. It's the Druid Hill. It's, I think it's the Druid Hill Community Foundation, uh, Community Neighborhood Association. I think they are hosting one as well, and I don't know that they're in partnership with each other this year. So it'll be very interesting um, to see how that plays out. But nevertheless, that is something else you should go to as well. Um, and if I remember, I will do myself a favor. I will do us all a favor and put some of these recommendations in the, the links, in the show notes, um, so that you can take them up. And if you're not in the Metro Baltimore area and you want to support, if you're not even from the United States or you're not even in the United States and you want to find a way to support those, the, uh, I don't know that you can donate to Black Wall Street, but if you wanted to donate to Sangria Bar, you can. Um, you can donate to, definitely donate to Dove Cote. They're awesome. Not just because they're black women and they're queer, but that they're just, they do great business. They are good neighbors. Because what you need to know about Dove Cote is it's literally sitting in the middle of a neighborhood. And um, because, you know, you got to get space where you can. And so it's something like a cafe in the middle of this street. I think that street is McMacken. No, it's not McMacken. Dang, it's not me. I can't call it. And don't give me the line. But you Google Dove Cote, or you look them up on Instagram, and they'll tell you um, where they're located. But anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah. So I will put those. I will put those little notes if I remember. I'll put that in the show notes so that you can try to support. There are other things that are happening, but um, that's all. That's about all I'm gonna get into because um, I really just want to prep for my birthday 
which I'm going to the beach, going to the beach. Hopefully we can find a spot where nobody is, but it's the beach and I don't own. (laughs) Hubby and I don't own land and we have not been able to find any houses that have a private beach that we could afford. So we will be going to the regular degular beach. So pray for us. Um, That's not for a couple weeks now, but, um, but yeah, um, I'm excited for this month. I'm excited for this break. I'm excited for the movies and stuff that are coming, the shows and things that are coming out. You guys, I have not forgotten about Lola and I hope you have not either. I'm, I have high expectations for this show, for this movie and maybe I shouldn't, but I do. Um, in treatment, in treatment is taking a turn. I am very confused about where the show is going to end. And I almost think I should not be confused because it's an HBO production that it's probably going to break my heart and maybe I should just quit while I'm ahead. But, you know, we'll see. I'm also looking for some other things to come out. Um, Oh, one last thing. Since we're so let me try to transition into this. I will never get the transitions right. Um, But so I've been rewatching things that uh, taking another look at things just to see if I still feel the same way. And you know, as polarizing as the Marvel and the DC movies can be, depending on who the director is. Like for instance, the Zack Snyder uh, cut being way better of the Avengers than the other dudes. Um, And you know, I'm just giving things a chance and, and that truly was really great. So, and I had started to watch some of the original version and I realized why I thought it was supremely, the Zack Snyder cut was supremely better than the other cut that was released. Um, it's just better. It's just good. Uh, I'm about to say gooder. Um, so yeah, so, so I watched that and then I don't know what possessed me to do this because I swear to you, I am not... I, I enjoy supernatural and Afrofuturistic books and music and film and TV. I'm into it. Like you got me like supernatural stuff. I'll watch it in the daytime. I'm, I feel like I'm a glutton for punishment, but more than that, like this, the, the uh, sci-fi stuff. Oh, I'm here. The fantasy I'm here for it, especially if it, it includes black people because black people are part of the future. And if it cl- includes characters of color prominently, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Um, that said, not a, but it's, there's something about these comic books that just don't, I think what, what frustrates me about comic books oftentimes is that it lacks imagination. You're literally bringing in, you're literally bringing in topics that, you know, you can bend time and space, but all your characters are white. You literally bring in aliens, but your heroes are white. Your humans are white, but you have purple people walking around. And the only humans that represent the entirety of human race are white and American. It's weird. It's wild. So anyway, that's, I just couldn't get next to it. And even all of the characters, like even Storm, like the only, with the exception of Black Panther. And even Black Panther, I questioned because I love Black Panther. Don't get me wrong. And let me, let me, hold on. Let me get my words together. I appreciated the comic books. I appreciated the BET uh, comic series and I certainly uh, appreciate the movie and I, I look forward to the sequel even though it will not be with T'Challa uh, because Chadwick Boseman is no longer with us but even that I'm, I wonder I just I want more 
I want more of what I don't normally get. Um, I want more imagination. I want even more imagination than what we got before. And so anyway, when it comes to these comic book movies, it's just like, it's, it feels like propaganda because mostly it is. And then it feels like it's like existential, like in The Watchmen. The, part of the reason why I couldn't get next to it because I'm just like, oh, gosh. Propaganda in a, of another sort. Like it just feels like it. But at the same time, it's interesting. So they, they t- like they're trying. And I, well, I'm trying. I'm really trying to open up my brain. But sometimes I just don't feel like I have the bandwidth. And so anyway, but I'm trying to be more open. So I went back and I recently watched again uh, Suicide Squad because I do intend on watching Suicide Squad 2 because Suicide Squad was the one was entertaining, even though it was completely flawed and, and silly. And when looking back at it, I got to tell you, I know people hated the colors and I, I loathed the relationship between the Joker and Harley because it just wasn't realistic and it's way more toxic than like way more toxic than it was cutely represented in that film. That said, the styling in this show, the styling, okay, his styling was phenomenal. He looked like a jerk because the jerk Joker is a jerk. He looked like he looked like a tool because he is a tool. Harley though, why in the world did they sexualize her so? She was better in Birds of Prey. Like it's clear that that was for the male gaze, for real. G A Z E. Um, but, um, old girl that played her, whose name I've forgotten. What's her name? Man, not Mandy. She's Australian. Can't call it. Margot. Margot doesn't, I can't call it. Anyway, the woman that played, the woman that plays, uh, Harley Quinn. Very, I like her. Michael, Margot Robbie. I like her a lot. She did a really great job and I'm glad that she got her own film so that she could really like shine because she did a really great job. Um, and she was properly attired, which I really do appreciate, but I do appreciate this show for what it is. The movie, uh, even though it completely made, uh, the woman that played Enchantress, that, that, uh, model boy, was she worthless when she wasn't Enchantress and boy did that. What's the dude's name? Um, What's the the soldier's name? Like, boy, was he irrelevant. And um, Amanda Waller, played by uh, Viola, Miss Viola. Oh, she was evil. She was awful. And was she like that in real life? Like, like in the series? Like, was she that awful? Seems like she probably was. But anyway, um, yeah, man, I, there were more aspects that I enjoyed that I didn't, I did like the styling. They went all out and I, it's a real shame that the movie sucked. Um, because they, and they cut so much of the Joker and Harley because let's be for real. They really wanted like other people to be the star and the vehicle of that thing. But, Ooh, excuse me. Um, it's clear that the Joker I like that version of the Joker because I don't want the Joker to be deep. I don't want him to be deep. He not deep. He's a sociopath. I want him to be ridiculous because he's a sociopath. Come on. He literally walked around in a purple suit with a green undershirt and uh, uh, wingtip shoes. So he was sharp with some gloves. He stayed sharp. Let's be for real. He stayed sharp. Like you, you could tell the Joker could dress. Look at look at uh, um, 
Jack Nicholas's. The Joker could dress. Let's be for real. He could dress. So, like, stop playing him. Like, what was that? What was it? Joaquin Phoenix? Girl, ain't nobody watching. Well, I did not watch that. And I never intend to watch that because why? For what? Stop, stop humanizing the Joker. He's trash. I want him to be just as trash as uh, Jared Leto played him. Please. He need to be garbage. But he need to look good being garbage because he did look good. He looked like he was weird. But, like, he looked like you could be a gun for like somebody could fall for him still like and just be somebody like Harley could fall for him because he's that charming was nothing charming about Joaquin Phoenix's Joker nothing charming about uh Heath Ledger's Joker nothing charming about those even again this we're talking about somebody who's who's sadistic and what they missed in the movie was that um, he tried to, he left her for dead a couple of times. He almost left her for dead when she fell in the chemical plant. Let's be for real. So, like, I wanted to explore that. I wanted to be real about it. I did not want there to be this epic love story. I needed to be tragic. Uh, not tragic, but I needed to be, I needed to be, more to the story than this without the without the the high gloss on it but I need there to be some style like people were mad that the Joker was like that materialistic but did you not see all of the comics where the Joker was dressed to the nines looking ridiculous in those colors but dressed nonetheless let's be real so anyway so I, I, I had actually uh, just uh, finished that uh, movie before rec- hitting record here. so And it got me in the mood um, to talk about the episode that I'm going to talk about today, which is the first, um, I mean, to be honest with you, in my the zeal to kind of rewatch these movies to see if I still feel the same way since I was bored and there's really nothing else to watch while I'm trying to you know, get my wine down on. Um, yeah, I watched, I ended up watching uh, the first episode of Loki. And I said I wasn't going to do it because I did not watch Scarlet Witch because I, I didn't give a crap about her character or Vision. I, I was here for the memes, uh, the Vaishan memes and all of that, but Vaishan, I think that, that's why they called him Vaishan, Vaishan. But um, no, I was not gonna watch that and I'm still not gonna watch it even though there's some black women and people of color in there that were superheroes are doing fancy stuff I just wasn't gonna watch it because I didn't care about those comics I didn't care about those uh those characters when I was introduced to them I certainly don't care about them now the only reason why I'm interested even halfway with Loki is because he's a bad guy and I have a thing for bad guys like at the end of the day bad bad evil characters are more interesting to me my favorite character and I cannot remember if I've ever said this before it feels like it would have come up before in in conversation well in in one of these episodes but my my all-time one of my all-time favorite characters um well let me just go let's go comic books if you really want to go comic books I appreciated Gambit in the comics not the movie they played his character in the movie I appreciated Gambit because he was like teetering I appreciated Storm because it's Storm um she was a black woman character let's be for real I appreciated 
um, Magneto, if you want to be honest, because he was kind of cool. Um, even though he was evil, he was kind of cool. I mean, it is what it is. And even in the movie, he kind of proved me right, because Charles was a little bit of a jerk. Um, kind of like Magneto. Um, and if you really want to go there, my very first favorite character of all time, Ursula. Excuse me. Ursula and the Little Mermaid. I loved her. Number one, because for some reason I thought it was a black woman, even though I now realize it was Divine. Uh, the drag queen Divine from Baltimore. Um, but she was super shapely. She was purple. That's another reason why I thought she was black. I don't know why, because she was purple, I thought she was black. But her quaff reminded me of a quaff that I have seen before in some of my family members. So for some reason, I just envisioned the person that played her was a black woman. I thought Ursula was black, even though she was purple and an octopus. Um, and she had a delicious voice that I just enjoyed. Um, and I thought the little Mermaid was whack. Like her, I thought she was whack. I thought Prince Eric was whack. Um, I, the whole thing was just not super charming to me. Um, when we watched it when I was in, was I in kindergarten when we watched it in the theaters? That's how old I am, yeah. Um, or at least for you youngins. I watched The Little Mermaid, the original Little Mermaid when it came out in the theaters. Either it was a re-release or when it came out, I can't remember, but I definitely watched it in the theaters. And I was definitely a little tyke. And I can remember not being amused by uh, Lil Mermaid herself, um, even though I thought it was cute that she had on a green top and a purple bottoms because I did wear now or later uh, green and uh, that lavender purple. I did have a combination. I'd la- I had now and later green, uh, that neon green shoes, and I had a purple coat. A lavender coat that I used to wear all the time. That was my color combination once upon a time. And I think I might bring that back. But anyway, um, so I dug that. But outside of that, I'm like, girl, whatever. This is not charming. But when Ursula came on the screen, mm, that was my girl. So anyway, like evil characters to me are more interesting. My One of my all-time favorite characters in the Batman show is Jack Nicholson's, uh, Jack Nicholas's, Jack Nicholas's Joker. He was more interesting to me than anything uh, Michael Keaton and Kim Basinger had going on. And that Batman, which, by the way, is the best Batman. I don't care what anybody has to say about it. It's the best Batman, and I don't care. Moving on. Um, Yeah, like, I have seen that that Batman a million times. Largely because, number one, Prince scored the soundtrack. Number two, Jack Nicholas. The end. Let's come on. What are we talking about? The other ones were amusing. But you're not going to get no Jack Nicholas Joker. Even though, and Jack Nicholas was styled. Jack Nicholas looked good. Like he looked ridiculous, but was he was he not clean? <laughs> Let's be real. Was he not clean in those suits? Moving on. Um, so yeah, like so it's having said all of that, it should be no surprise that I enjoy villains in comic books because duh or or in fantasy because duh they're more fun um anyway so I'm watching Loki because of all the Avengers let me tell you Captain America boring propaganda um even even to a certain extent T'Challa was a little boring he was cool but I was really here for Shuri because she was like edgy um and Nakia Nakia no yeah, Nakia, uh, because she was 
you know, a little different. You know what I mean? T'Challa was like, oh, all right. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I was not, I'm listen, 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 Captain America, he cute to look at like Chris, whatever Chris did cute to look at, but like, I don't really care about your character. Um, the white wolf. No, he's not the white wolf. What's his name? Becky, Bucky, whatever. Nope. Not into it. I don't care about the tragic story. I care about flat out, um, excuse me, flat out villains. And so anyway, Loki was interesting, even though he was a little bit of a, like they played his, I don't know if they played his character to the left or I just didn't like how his character was being portrayed. But anyway, he was still very interesting. And so I'm like, all right, well, if we're going to watch some spinoffs, because I'm certainly not watching Black Widow, you could keep it. I didn't watch uh, the Scarlet Witch and Vision. Um, I'm not going to watch, I didn't watch Ant-Man. I'm not finna watch Ant-Man and that whole family. Um, I'm not finna watch anything about Hawkeye. I'm not finna watch anything about anybody else. You could keep it. I will watch Loki just to see what it's talking about. And I'm so glad that I did because I didn't realize that there are black people prominently in it and there are people of color prominently in it too. So we will see how this thing goes. I might end up being disappointed. But um, I will spend this time talking about my first impressions of this show because it gives more depth to Loki and I appreciate it because his character was, let's be for real, was quite more interesting than, what's old dude's name? Thor? How is Thor any different than like, he's probably, he's like the textbook hero. It's just, he's an alien or not an alien, but like a God. It's not super exciting, but Loki who's struggling to not be bad anymore, but like, it's really fun to be bad. Kind of like that. That's, that seems like there's some there there. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that will become. Um, yeah. So in the, in the next segment, what I will do is I will spend the time kind of giving you the particulars as I know them, trying my level best to give some of the backstory as I understand it leading up to what we get to in the very first episode and kind of talk about where I hope the show will go. I, I Yeah, the, ho- the turns that I hope they don't take. Lord, I hope they don't take certain terms to, uh, turns to make sure that it's still, but instead humanize him in unpredictable ways. So anyway, in the next segment, all about Loki, the first episode. Okay, so um, at this point, episode two is out for Loki, Disney's Loki, um, but I have only watched episode one. Um, So let me give you the particulars. Episode one was released on June 9th and it is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and I will stumble over my words and do my best in a minute to talk about how Loki fits into the universe. Um, But let me go through the rest of the particulars. Um, It was shot in Atlanta, Georgia. Sidebar, wouldn't it be funny if it was shot in Tyler Perry Studios? And I'm not going to look to find out if it was, but um, yeah, anyway. Um... 
what else what else what else yeah there are two episodes out even though i've only seen the one and i'm only reviewing the one today um it is 9.1 out of 10 on imdb and 96 percent fresh from rotten tomatoes and 95 percent of google users like the show of which i am one um and these ratings <clears throat> i think i say this all the time and forgive me it's I'm not recording the same time I recorded the intro, so um, thanks to the air conditioner, my throat is doing the watsusi. So anyway, um, hopefully it warms up here in a little bit. Um, anyway, um, yeah, the the ratings the the ratings are always interesting to me because smarter people than me who are like film critics, well the newer breed of film critics, they talk about the ratings and talk about how Um, or at least I've learned from film critics that IMDb, well, or actors who critique film, which is a film critic. Anyway, um, that I am, uh, that Rotten Tomatoes, you can't totally rely on Rotten Tomatoes, although you, it's like the audience score is important. the, The film critic score is important, but then some people do this thing where because it's an open platform, they can without merit, make the rating lower for a film so which means that you can do the same if you can lower it because you want to you can probably raise it because you want to um and that fact I think I'd heard that before but I think it resonated with me this time in talking about what was that movie what was the I can't call the name of the movie it was a predominantly black casted film that had a, but this hap, this has actually happened to a couple. The there's a there's a couple of women, predominantly women led casts, that included women of color, but predominantly women led cast. It was more important that it was woman led. Um, I think, um, but actually, because the podcast I was listening to was not a person of color, so they were talking. Of, they were a woman, so they were talking about it from the context of women led cast. That's why. Anyway, um, she had mentioned that there was a film that at one point in the very early stages of the of the film it had a high rating on IMDb not IMDb but um um Rotten Tomatoes like like 90s or whatever but then as time went on there was a campaign against the director because she had made some comments I think that offended cis white men I guess I don't really know but anyway her she the the podcaster that I was talking I was listening to suggested that there was a campaign to to lower the movie's score which actually sounds like a thing that does happen and so anyway what was like a high rating for this particular movie and again I think Booksmart I can't remember if it was Booksmart or something like that and I might be messing it up um which is totally possible but anyway um what 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 did have a high 90s um I was about to say splat score to uh to tomato reader Ryan tomato score what what was a film that was was um scored in the 90s on Rotten Tomatoes quickly turned after this campaign um some in the 70s um so I do think that there is merit there is definitely merit to um the idea that Rotten Tomatoes is kind of based on how people are feeling and easily can be manipulated 
Um, that said, it's uh, you could make the argument that all critiques and all ratings of movies are based on that fact too. Just because um, IMDb per se is not open to the public to rate doesn't mean that actors and studios or whomever does the rating on IMDb can't come together and make a general consensus that they don't like the movie, not on the merits, but because of some behind the scenes stuff and put it where it is. Like, I never understand IMDb's rating. Never. Like, this is the one time where the IMDb rating matches the Rotten Tomatoes reading, which I don't under... Anyway, um, and again, I think I've said this before. I haven't said it in a minute, um, but I do believe this in my core. These are suggestions. This is what other people are saying about the film. It's not uh, indicative of what you may think of the film, um, because if you like Marvel, you will likely like Marvel products, right? If you like... If you like what you like, if if the thing is in the vein of the things that you like, you might end up liking it unless it is supposed to be in that vein and then it messes around and not it doesn't deliver. Right. That I don't know. Anyway, the ratings are high for this and I agree with them. I don't always agree with the ratings. I yeah, I don't always agree, Um, but I agree here anyway. So. Let me give you the backstory. Let me give you the backstory. So, well, no, let me, before I go into the backstory, let me tell you who's the cast. So Loki, the titular character, um, is played by Tom Hiddleston, who has always portrayed the character. You have Owen Wilson playing somebody named Mobius, which, can we, let me just pause here. I know Owen Wilson is in his late forties, if not approaching his fifties or approaching his 50s if not if if he's not in his 50s i know that but to see him as a silver-haired silver sort of white-haired person in this show is a little weird to me it seems premature just it, it does seems like he wouldn't get there just yet anyway um then you have gugu mbatha Ra, who plays ravana ravona I don't know how to say her name. Anyway, um, you know her, Fast Color and a bunch of other wonderful things. Um, then you have Wunmi Musaku, who played Ruby in um, um, Girl, Lovecraft Country. Um, also played in In His House and a bunch of other things, but I only know her from In His House and um, Lovecraft Country. <clears throat> anyway, um, she's beautiful. I love her. And she's the reason why I'm watching this. Um, I did not know Gugu was in it. Yep, that's the, literally the only reason why I'm watching this is because I saw Wumi um, in it. Which should tell you something. Um, well, if you give a crap, like if you care, like they don't. Anyway, um, but I'm just pleased as punch that uh, Wumi was in it is in it and is prominently featured, even though she's supporting, she's prominently featured in the first episode. So I'm hoping that she will be prominently featured throughout, but we'll see. Um, Anyway, okay, now to the hard business of trying to explain this. Okay, so fun fact, I think I've shared this before, but I'll just put it out on the table. 
do not have high expectations of my understanding of the Marvel Universe. I have watched, I maybe only watched maybe two or three of the films. Um, and only one or two I, I, I paid attention to throughout. Um, yeah, uh, Black Panther, I paid attention to that from the start to finish. And one of the Iron Mans. The first Avengers lost me because I got bored. Because um, me and gratuitous, like if there's anything gratuitous, it could be high action. And I've shared this before. It could be shooting bazookas and bullets for 20 minutes, 10 minutes. I'm going to fall asleep because it's monotonous. I listen to AMR. <laughs> AMR. ASMR. I listen to ASMR, and so re- monotonous, repetitive sounds tend to put me in a state. So, so there's several. Unfortunately, a lot of these Marvel films they have the they're just the the, the terrible misfortune of not casting enough people of color for me, um, and then are also have very long scenes of violence that has a, that sounds really similar. Um, and so I just, some of these films, I just, you asking a lot for me to stay woke, um, in them. Um, I'm gonna fall asleep on all of them. And I'm gonna tell you, I did not fall asleep on Black Panther, although I came close. It, it, I came close, but I think I was so excited that it was a predominantly black cast and black superheroes. And I had read the comic book, um, and I was just eager, but I came close to falling asleep at a point. I'm, I'm just gonna be honest. Um, I'm be honest, it was after, after, uh, T'Challa was essentially dethroned by, um, Homeboy. What's his name? You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, after that, like, baby, it was rough. It was rough to stay awake. Um, but I did it. I did it. Um, because Umbaku, ooh, man. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, but I stayed awake. Um, but it was rough. And then what was the other film that it was? It was one of the which one of the Iron Mans? It was one of those Iron Mans. Maybe was it Iron Man too? Can't call it. Anyway, um, one of the Iron Mans. It was not Iron Man two. Iron Man two was oh that relationship with him and Pepper Potts. Tony Stark and Pepper Potts was annoying to me. Um, was it annoying to me or do I just not like Gwyneth Paltrow? Probably both. Um, anyway, I'm getting messages from Twitter. We're reliving college. <laughs> Remember that uh, movie, the, the song? I call it the Kick Kick Somp song. It was like a bunch of songs in the early aughts. It was like 2004, 2005. That is that that describes most of the songs in early 2004-2005. Anyway, there's just so many songs. What what was the song? If you're from the United States, you don't have to be from the United States. I bet you know though. Um, There was a song, and was from one of those Atlanta rappers, and it was the kick, kick, stomp, kick, kick with that dance, that dance. Oh, gosh, this is why I wish I had a co-star. Um, sometimes. <laughs> um, 
Dang. Anyway, kick, kick, stomp. Anyway, we're talking about that. Hold on. Let me pull it up. I'm. This is a sidetrack. Uh, this is a, side, a detour for real. Oh, oh, here it goes. Um, okay, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. What is the original post? Oh, oh, Youngbloods. The song was called Damn? No, that's a different song. Yeah, anyway, it was the Young Bloods. It was 2003, not 2004. Anyway, so that was 2003 was my. 2003 was the end. Well, depending on when it came out, it was the end of my freshman year, the beginning of my sophomore year in college. Um. And anyway, going to that club. Can I just tell you the way that my university or the the bars around my university encouraged binge drinking was stupid. Let me just tell you, they offered at this one particular club up the street from main campus, they offered penny pitchers. Penny pitchers. If you had a penny, if you had a penny, American currency, or U.S. currency, you could get a whole pitcher of beer. Was it swill? Of course it was. But nevertheless, you could get a whole penny. You could get a whole, a, 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 a whole penny's worth would be a whole container. Like a, not a, not a, what is it? A jug. What is it? What is it? The little, the little container that they bring out, they pull your water in. Or that they pull your water from that thing. A pitcher. Duh. Girl, I'm weird. Anyway, penny pitcher. Right? You get a whole pitcher of beer. And so what would some of these fools do? What some of the... Thought that they were grown. Would literally come in with hand fistfuls of pennies. Now, mind you, the bar knew what they were doing. Number one, they were not serving good beer. Number two... They knew that there's no way in the world you could only get one pitcher at a time. So when your, your one pitcher was finished, you could go back, go back and get the next. You weren't getting more than so many pitchers. It just wasn't going to happen. And so it wasn't like they were losing money. And in fact, that made them super popular. But here's the, here's the point. That's encouraging alcoholism for sure. And anyway, it was in that bar whose name I cannot remember. Ooh, I'm going to find it one day. I'm going to put them on blast. Uh, no, I won't because I don't want to get sued. Um, anyway, but there was a, it probably doesn't even exist anymore. And certainly that, that practice is finished, right? Because people are more aware of how harmful, (sighs) dangerous binge drinking is. Um, I'm quite sure it was a major state university. So I'm quite sure that there have been several alcohol related accidents tied to that bar since that time. It's over a decade, um, over a decade ago. So anyway, um, I'm quite sure all of that has changed, but it was in that bar where I heard where we just wove that Young Blood song out. And I can remember doing the kick, kick, stomp, kick, kick, stomp. I don't even like clubs, but I went out because like we were in the middle of a town that was essentially built around the college. So like, what were we going to do? Anyway, um, I digress so hard. Um, so the Marvel universe verse. So I was, I last left off talking about the fact that I tend to fall asleep on gratuitous violence scenes, no matter how loud it does not matter. If the sound is monotonous, I'm going to sleep. Tis with a T-I-S, tis. Anyhow. Um, okay. So 
But what I can piece together from what I was able to stay up with, and I'm a fun fact, another fun fact, all of the the Thor movies, mm-mm, mm-mm, not enough people of color in there for me. And even, again, Hollywood loves to do this thing, and, and certainly they're talking about it related to the Heights, which you won't catch me watching the Heights, even though um, that lead character, I love him. He's awesome. I watched him. I'm currently watching him. Well, the season is over, I think. Um, watched him in In Treatment. Cannot remember the name of the actor, but you know who I'm talking about. Just playing in In Treatment was in um, She's Gotta Have It. Um, I enjoy his acting. I really do. I think he's very talented and he's beautiful, but I think he's very talented. I just will not watch The Heights because all I saw, I saw enough. And I, <laughs> one of my very good friends is Dominican and she's brown like me. Dominican and she's brown like me. Dominican and she's brown just like me. She's Dominican. And there's just not enough representation for me. Like, just not, it's just not enough. Gina Torres. Oh my goodness. That woman. That woman. I read a a statement and I'm going off the deep end, but anyway. I read a statement. It, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you already know how I feel about representation in films, especially black woman representation. And, you know, we range the spectrum. My mother is very light skinned, light, light complexion. Mm-hmm. And I'm brown because my daddy is super brown, right? So we run the gambit, my dear. We absolutely run the gambit. But what we don't see is the gambit in film. And so, no. But we see every hue, every little nuance of white. Every little nuance to the palest of pale, down to what they consider the olivist of olive. And yet, we get dark brown men and light brown women. That's it. So, no, you didn't. You didn't impress me with Ragnarok having beautiful old, what's that English man's name? What's that English man's ma- name that played on the wire? Come on, y'all from the UK, send me the send me your good energy and your thoughts and your wisdom. What's his name? Oh, he's beautiful. Come on. Uh, hold on, let me just pull up the cast. No, he's not in the cast. Shoot. Shoot. Idris, oh. Idris Elba. How I'm so sorry, Idris. Anyway, um, you put Idris in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's gonna be beautiful because duh, look at him. But like for every, there's no equivalent woman in the movie in the in the show. So they hit a lick because that's how they got. That's how Loki got me, or this this series got me because they put beautiful a woman in it. And they have um, Tessa in it, which she's a part of the whole Ragnarok stuff, as far as I can tell. Um, she like one of them, one of them people. Anyway, um, like maybe his cousin or something. Maybe he's she's Thor's cousin. I don't really know. Um, but anyway, she plays Valkyrie in the Thor scheme. But um, yeah, I wasn't watching that. Cause I'm like, you always put Tessa types in there. Like, and Tessa types have their place. Tessa is a phenomenal actress. Let's not, let's not get it twisted. Tessa is a phenomenal actress, but let's be for real. Like Tessa's complexion is safe. Tessa's, yeah, yeah. Unless Tessa would allow, if Tessa would allow you, which she won't, 
but you know, you could she you could try to say that she's ambiguous, like she's just exotic. And Tessa would be the first one to tell you she not. That's not. That's not it. I'm not a bird. Um, I'm a person <laughs> um, of uh, black heritage. Anyway, um, or part of my heritage is black. Like she acknowledges that. She also acknowledges colorism, which I appreciate about uh, Tessa. Um, And you can't, you know, knock a woman for working. But what you can do is hold them accountable for making sure that more people who look like them and brown her, especially black women, get that opportunity. And they're just not enough. And so, like, I'm even looking at this cast, looking at this cast for Loki. Why? Like, it, 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 again, Google's in it. Google and Wumi's in it. But there are so many, and some woman who may be of color, Sasha Lane, but again, she's fair. She's lighter complexion. And then you have Jean Cordero, Cordero, who looks to be Latinx to me. And Maximilio Hernandez. And then a bunch of white people who are lead, right? Like, I don't know. Anyway, it's just not appealing to me. In sci-fi and fantasy, you could literally do whatever you want. Anyway, I've talked about this enough. Um, So anyway, but the cast, you can look up the cast for yourself, but I'm only going to talk about the people I won't talk about. Anyway, um, so I didn't really watch a lot of the Thor films, but I did watch, because my husband, if he could, actually, he should own stock. We're going to talk about that stock options in Marvel if we can, uh, we probably can't even afford it, but um, he watch, he's a comic book, mm, yeah, he's a comic book fan. He's really loyal to Marvel. He's only loyal to DC in that he enjoys Batman and Superman. Outside of that, his allegiance is to Marvel. So, um, so of course he's watched all of the Iron Man, all of the Thors, all of the, I mean, I'm sure he's going to, if he hasn't watched Ant-Man, he's going to watch it. There's a thing about the Black Widow. I'm sure he's going to watch that too. You know, we've watched Black Panther together. We watched it before it came out. Um, We are going to, we're keyed up to watch the second film when that comes out. Um, So anyway, he's marveled down, right? Anyway, so he did his best to explain to me. And so between the movies I half watched before I fell asleep and what he shared with me, the best I can understand is in the grand scheme of things, Loki is um, Thor's half-brother. And he's a half-brother because their father, Odin, I think their father's name is Odin, Well, Odin adopted Loki because Loki's mama had a relationship with somebody else or, or they both, Odin and and Odin's wife adopted Loki because they had destroyed Loki's planet or something like that. And anyway, Loki was an orphan. At some point, Loki was an orphan and Odin, the point is Odin was not Loki's daddy. And I might even be saying the daddy name wrong. It's probably not. Anyway, whatever Anthony Hopkins' character was, um, which I really appreciate Anthony Hopkins because he's a classically trained actor who will literally play in comic book movies too because he's an actor at the end of the day. Anyway, um, 
So yeah, so so yeah, so Loki, the god of mischief, steps out of his brother's shadow to embark on an adventure that takes place after the events of the Avengers Endgame. And I'm not going to go any further about what the heck the Endgame was, because if I'm not mistaken, the Endgame was where that Thanos <clears throat> had the Infinity Glove or get, tried to end the world or, or kill most of the world's population, you know, uh, the United States, the, the Earth's population, because that's what he goes around and does. Um, cause he thinks he's the equalizer. He's anyway, <laughs> um, there's a metaphor there anyway. Um, so yeah, so he's a terrible person and the Avengers are assembled to put him in the dirt. And in the second, like Endgame is a two part film. And in the second part, they put him in the dirt and they restore order and all of that stuff. And they make it a, a Tony Stark dies at the end um yeah and he dies to save the world which okay he was one of the more more interesting characters in there and you make him die even though he's a war profiteer um and I didn't like the storyline with Pepper and them it's fine it's fine I appreciated him though but whatever most interesting character and you made him die anyway um but you kept like the Hawkeye. What? He shoots arrows. Anyway, um, I am not the best person for this. Anyway, but I, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed Loki because there was more to it. To me, to me, this is the thing that I appreciate. And I know all the superhero shows have like underlying themes to them, but they just seem propaganda-y or they seem like weird. They don't seem real. Um, and so blah, blah, blah. They capture Loki and he's supposed to be going to jail, but somehow or another in this show, he slips, he slips his cuffs as it were, um, and goes off script. And so this whole show is based off basically Loki's adventure is really the start of Loki's adventure is I'm going to do slip off and do my own thing. But in doing so, there's this all-knowing, all-seeing entity called the... Ooh, I didn't messed up already. Hold on, let me go. Let me <laughs> go try to find it because I didn't messed up. But there's this entity that keeps time that basically does not decide does not decide what happens, but knows what is to happen. Does not take sides in battles. They just know the outcome of the battles and they ensure that the timeline is kept intact. Well, Loki has found his found a way by stealing the Tesseract, because that's another thing. At the end, um, at the beginning of the show, in Avengers, he steals the Tesseract back. Is it the Tesseract? Anyway, this little blue square, this little light blue square, he steals it. And he then begins to manipulate time with it because he wants to rule the world again. Loki, Loki's whole storyline is he's been rejected by his stepfather. He feels like he's, he's the rightful heir to not only the throne of Ragnarok, 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 but like the, the heir to the entire universe because he's, he's got a complex. Like he's been rejected. He feels rejected 
and he feels like a charity case in some sense. And so he's like, well, I'm going to show you I'm powerful. Matter of fact, I'm more powerful than my stepbrother Thor, even though at one point in, in one of the films, like Loki tried to sacrifice himself and did so for Thor in one of those films. And that was a whole thing where Thor got fat and they were talking about that, like being fat and depressed is funny um, or gaining weight because you're depressed is funny, but whatever. Um, Or a plot point, like a a plot device. Anyway, but that's what they did. Um, Anyway, so, oh, I'm just looking and they did not film this show in Tyler Perry Studios, which is very disappointing. It was Marvel Studios. Anyway, um, let me get into the premise. So after stealing the Tesseract, which is what I was talking about, after stealing the Tesseract during the events of Avengers, uh, Avengers Endgame, an alternate version of Loki is brought back. Oh, it's an alternate version. See, that's what I missed. Is brought to the mysterious time variance authority. That's who I was talking about also just a minute ago. This, this entity that does not decide the outcomes of situations, but makes sure, but knows the outcome of the end of these, of situations and makes sure that it plays to, it, it, everything goes out according to plan so that the universe is not upset. That entity is called the Time Variance Authority, a bureaucratic organization that exists outside of time and space and monitors the timeline. Um, and one of the, so basically Loki runs afoul to uh, TVA, Time Variance Authority, um, and um, Wunmi uh, is one of the officers. What is her name? P.S. Wunmi, come on. Oh, um, oof. Hunter B-15, that is her name. Anyway, so Wunmi, Hunter B-15, is part of the people that wrangle, wrangle him, basically. Um, and... And yeah, so so she wrangles she wrangles him up uh, with her other officers, and Thor, I mean Loki, um, Loki goes to jail, TVA jail, um, basically. Um, yeah, so he goes to TVA jail, and so we meet. So again, we meet B fifteen, B fifteen, Hunter B fifteen. That sounds like a vitamin. Um, anyway, so we meet Hunter B-15 and she's bureaucrat. We also meet, um, Google Mbatha Raw, who plays Ravona Renslayer, who I didn't realize that, but she was a judge who used to be a hunter. And so she oversees all of the court cases. So anyway, there's a whole court case in the beginning. Again, starting the whole, the whole propaganda piece, like we're going to court, like, can we just not have... Can we not have a superhero movie where there's court or there's some sort of legal authority? Like, anyway, it's just weird Um, that there's always law and order slipped into all of these, slipped into all of these films, law and order. Like, it's very wild how easy you could just slip propaganda into cartoons or not cartoons, but um, I mean, they were cartoons before they became live action films. But the, the way you can just slip anything you want into there and and make people just digest the heck out of it. But anyway, um, 
so blah, blah, blah. She's a judge and she's going to play a big part in the series, apparently, which I'm proud of or I'm excited for. Um, anyway, so he's sentenced to he's remanded to custody um, of Owen Wilson, who plays Mobius and Mo- this guy's name is literally Mobius and Mobius. Oh, gosh, so unimaginative. And I think that's the point. Anyway, he is a a detective in the TVA and he enlists Loki's help, Um, but not before, not before we have an existential kind of conversation with Loki. Um, There's a whole bunch of witchcraft and trickery happening because Loki is Loki. Um, and then also because TVA is all powerful, there's a lot of, and they're outside of regular time and space. Um, there's some witchcraft on their end too. And so I'm explaining this poorly, but long story short, there's, there's this device that can basically reverse manipulate time however they want. And so, um, in this TVA universe, in this world, Loki doesn't, he, he doesn't have access to his powers. Um, and more than that, there's this little thing around his neck that should he get buck and get out of line and act as if he's going to try to attack somebody, all they have to do is push a button and they will reverse back in time before he tried to attack them. Anyway, and so there's some funny moments and there's some weird moments. And of course, Loki being a trickster gets his hand on the device and there's, you know, foolishness ensues. Anyway, um, there's a point though where you have an open raw moment with Loki, um, which you, some of the movies try to get to, but because Loki was never the focus, we never dig deep from what I could remember when I was awake and from what Stevie, from what, from what I can remember from when I was awake and what I remembered from my hubby sharing, um, The focus wasn't Loki, so the only reason why we learned anything about Loki was to press, was to give enough backstory to help us understand why he was evil, and then to push the plot point about him making things difficult for Thor. So it was always a vehicle to ultimately prop up Thor. And even in this episode, uh, Mobius M. Mobius says, your whole existence is to be evil to push great people to be greater, which is yikes. Um, And so that statement, of course it angers, of course it angers um, Loki, but then it moves to, it moves to, it moves him to action really. It moves him to a realization, um, a very raw moment actually. And then it, and then it also opens up the opportunity for Mobius and Mobius to ask Loki the favor that he really wanted to ask him, um, which is the start of this whole journey, which is long story short, he needs to enlist Loki's help to track other time variant, uh, time deviance, which is, uh, um, what essentially Loki was doing when he stole the Tesseract. He was a deviant, right? Hold on. Hold on, I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out. 
Yeah, time variant. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, other variants, which in this context is a bad thing. So, yeah, basically Mobius and Mobius enlist Loki to put, to track down other variants, very dangerous variants. And that is going to be the adventure of the show. So, anyway, I explained that poorly, very poorly. Um, but nevertheless, that is the show. And like I said, um, Winmi's in it, uh, Gugu's in it. And it seems like they're going to have some significant screen time, which I appreciate. Other people are going to have screen time too, including um, Tessa's character. I think she comes back at some point because you cannot talk about Loki without bringing some of the characters from the film, uh, the Thor film into it. Um, yes. Yeah, so yeah. You just, you can't not talk about Loki and, and not do that. So we're going to see them. Um, or definitely Tessa and some other of those characters. Um, yeah, so I'm excited. I did not fall asleep on in this uh, episode. And in fact, I, I watched before I began to record this. I watched it. Um, I think I watched it twice. Um, just to make sure that I understood what was happening. Because again, I have fallen asleep through many a Marvel film, including... And I didn't even really give a chance to the Thor films. Because what was the point? Um, but in the context of this show, I am actually interested in seeing what this show will give. Plus, I have a penchant for interesting evil characters or bad guys, not evil characters, but bad, but bad guy characters, because there's always a reason. And I would love to explore that reason, rationale why, or uh, the, the reason why more in depth and we get that moment, like I said, we get the moment in this show. Loki has a very vulnerable moment where he explains who, why he does what he does. And with that realization, he's able to open up for the opportunity that Mobius and Mobius presents to him. And so maybe that may, might be too clean for you, but I thought it was necessary and enough of a carrot for me to continue to watch. So I will do so. Um, and yeah, if you can't get your hands on uh, there are always ways that you can find to watch this show. Um, if there's a will, there's a way. So anyway, um, Disney plus is the, the, uh, straight and narrow way. Um, but there's another number of different ways that you can, however you watch it is how you watch it, but I, I would encourage you to watch it. Um, I did not watch the others. I already talked about why I didn't watch those, but I am intrigued by this one because it doesn't seem so far. It doesn't seem like, oh, it's not on my nerves. How about that? Um, so yeah, that is that show in a nutshell. Um, explained it very poorly. If anything, I hope you got to laugh at me trying to explain this stuff. Um, it's not that I'm a Marvel snob. I just, the propaganda sometimes and the portrayal is a little much uh, for me. But nevertheless, I do enjoy a good old fantasy. I do enjoy uh, superhero stuff, sci-fi stuff. So anyway, um, watch this and yeah, leave me any comments or any messages. If you have, if you can clarify anything or, um, uh, if you have thoughts of your own about where the show will go, cause I have no idea where this is going to go other than he's going to hunt a bunch of time variants and bring them to justice. And at the end of the show, I won't tell you the first, his first assignment, um, but he is introduced, uh, Mobius and Mobius introduces Loki to his very first assignment. Once Loki is on board to kind of help out or as a way to have, to 
to get um, Loki to make up his mind about helping out, um, Mobius gives him his first assignment, which is very intriguing. Um, and I will not tell you what it is because you need to watch it. Um, but yeah, so eager to see what the rest of the show gives. Um, we'll probably come back throughout this summer or when this series ends. Um, or yeah, when the se- yeah when the season ends to give a little note in one of my episodes about it. But anyway, um, yeah, that's 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 that on that. Okay, so switching gears really quickly. So because I because I recorded this on a different day, um, I'm able to, or at least the second half of this thing, um, on a different day, I'm able to bring comments about something that I knew was brewing, but I didn't know the outcome of it. Um, and just briefly talk about my feelings about it. So if you haven't heard by now, the United States House and Senate has passed a bill recognizing Juneteenth, that is to say June 19th, as a federal holiday. Um, And it's going to Biden's desk today, I think, the day of the release. Um, And there's both jubilation at it being acknowledged and also eyes rolling. And the eyes rolling comes from me and I'm, ex- I'm like, I'm like happy, not happy. Happy is too strong of a word. I'm not even joyous. I'm not joyful. I'm not proud. I don't know what I am. It's hard for me to determine exactly how I feel other than I am not grateful because that's the I'm fortunate that and I've shared this before but I am fortunate that I started to acknowledge and celebrate Juneteenth based on my own realization that it's something I should have been always uh, celebrating and even though I have huge swaths of family from the south and even in Texas We as a family, we don't talk about Juneteenth celebrations on that side. Certainly on my mother's side, we don't do that much either. Like we cook out all the time. We don't cook out specifically for Juneteenth. We tend to cook out for July 4th. And if if I feel anything about this becoming a federal holiday, I hope that this holiday would do nothing else but bring black folks together for, for us to cook out on Juneteenth. And to celebrate on Juneteenth more than July 4th. July 4th has never been for us. Black Americans never been for us. I used to celebrate July 4th all the time as a kid. I used to love it. I didn't know any better. I know better now. I don't celebrate July 4th. I celebrate the opportunity to go hang out. I celebrate the fireworks. I don't celebrate... Juneteenth is something that we should celebrate. We as in black folks should celebrate and not because we're I'm, we're not patriotic. But because of the spirit of the thing. You celebrate a holiday for the spirit of it, right? 
Well, the spirit of July 4th wasn't for black folks. The spirit of July 4th wasn't to make black folks free. Spirit of Juneteenth was, is. And again, you know, you know the story. If you don't know the story, get into it. I mean, they're going to commodify it at some point. So there's going to be whole companies out there giving you the story of Juneteenth. But you can always go back to that. My Juneteenth episode or released a couple, three years ago. At this point, three, yeah, three years ago. Um, where you could read all we read all about it because you certainly your kids won't be hearing about it in school unless all this foolishness gets overturned and depending on the state that you're in, uh, uh, being able to learn about critical race theory and how it has shaped these United States. It's so funny. How are you going to make something a federal holiday that you can't even talk about in schools right now, especially in Texas? Texas just passed the law. You can't teach critical race theory in, in classes. So how you go? So how will you talk about the holiday that you can't talk about? The whole point of talking about Juneteenth is, is a reminder of people were enslaved. People enslaved other people legally. Whatever. Yeah, I'm not excited. I don't feel jubilation about this at all. If anything, I'm excited about the prospect for more black people to celebrate the occasion. That's it. That's it. Yep. Also, just um, and, and so it's just so I just needed to acknowledge that and I'm just going to move. Um, I'm going to move on. Um, something I wanted to mention last week, but that I'm talking about now. So I don't think I've ever shared on this show about how I feel about, I don't think I've ever talked about universal basic income, nor have I talked about how I feel about it. In short, I feel it's a necessary thing. I feel that other, other countries do it and are doing it successfully. Um, I think that for every country that folks put a shine a light on as a bastion of all that's good and how terrible our health system is and that things are peaches and cream over there. We know that's not true. We know that two things can exist, coexist in one space. Inequity and equity can exist in one space, especially in a capitalistic society, um, such as what is, you know, all of the societies that we live in, let's be clear, especially the Western ones. And so, so yeah, um, but nevertheless, universal basic income, look it up. It's basic money. It's money that you get in, in a regular frequency, be it every month, every quarter. Everybody gets it. And it's not based on this whole dog eat dog system that we love to pride ourselves with the, the American dream. Pull yourselves up by your bootstraps which is a myth to begin with. I'm self-made. Nobody is self-made. You're just not acknowledging all the hands and the help that you got along the way of climbing to reach your goal. You had the dream. It's true. You put in the work. It's true. But you didn't do that without help. You were able to put in the work because somebody enabled you to do so. And so universal basic income is a way of enabling a person to achieve the goal that they wouldn't otherwise achieve. Look at it. We, the stud, there's a study uh, and there's a reason why I'm talking about this. There's a, there's a study that came out that showed that uh, Americans uh, who received the stimulus payments uh, were significantly benefited, 
positively impact it benefited and were able to do things that they wouldn't normally been able to do. Did some people buy what's that little what's that little car? What's that little vehicle that people buy that two wheels in the front, one wheel in the back and something like a bike? I don't know what it's called. Hubby knows, but I don't. I, I forgot. He he if he were here, he would tell me. Um Anyway, I know a lot of people, and Hubby told me too, a lot of people bought with their first stimulus check, they bought that uh that little three-legged vehicle. And there's a lot of people that did not. So what's up? <laughs> we didn't. Um anyway, so like people's there are studies out there that are that are proving that people's lives were positively impacted by this, by the stimulus. And so, hmm, we pay into this system. More of us pay into it than don't. And if you don't pay into it, you get jail time. And then they get their money anyway, the IRS. So what are we really talking about? Universal basic income should be a natural thing. Uh, Back to yawning again. Um, Universal basic income should be something that we all have benefit. We could all benefit from. And if you could, you can opt out if you choose to. But it's something that we should all benefit from. The minimum wage is not what it should be because people are greedy and want more money for themselves. It's not it's not neighborly. It's not it's not good hearted. You can give to as much charity if you want to. But if you continuously vote against ways to improve the health outcomes um, of your constituents, you just as awful. Nothing. You don't you're not absolved from the evil that you're sowing in the legislature. You're not. So universal basic income is a leg, going back to that, universal basic income is a leg up. You're welcome to Google it. Very smart people have talked about it. The reason why I'm bringing bringing up universal basic income is because Mayor Scott of Baltimore City has decided that he is going to pilot a program that is essentially UBI in Baltimore City with um, a group of folks that are part of that pilot. And I don't know how long it's going to run. I saw it. I saw the article in the sun. I don't know how it's going to run, how long it's going to run. But I have every I have no doubt that it will prove what was already proven by folks getting the stimulus, which is that folks who received who will be a part of this program will be positively impacted and it will move the city to establish UBI for certain criteria for all Baltimoreans, which I think is a very good thing. And if we weren't so as a country self-centered, or at least our legislatures, self-centered and very me-oriented, me, 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 I, 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 which is rich because anyway, I'm anyway, if we weren't so me, 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 I, 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 would our issues be solved? No. They wouldn't. We would still have issues with our medical uh, health system, mental health care, access to all care. We would still have those issues. But what we wouldn't have to worry about so much is the ability to pay bills, or at least we'd have better means to, uh, better ways to meet our ends. It's the thing that every city should do, especially, and the thing about it is, it's so interesting. It's so very interesting, the arguments against UBI, because they essentially boil down to, well, if we give them money, we'll make them lazy. So 
when well-off people get tax credits, does that make them lazy? Because those are handouts by another name. No. Makes them want to get even more of it. Makes them want to be even more prudish with their funds. It, it does the exact opposite of all the things that they say because many of the people that benefit from those rich people tax credits are the same people that are voting against things like UBI and, and increased minimum wage and all of that stuff. Because somehow or another, it goes right back to them, 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 I, 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 me and my friends. And if there's more money for you, there has to be less money for me. It's a bizarre way to live. It's a bizarre it's it's bizarro and a contradiction to be, like it's mm. and it must be a very weird place to live to always be lying to yourself to always be tricking yourself into believing the sky isn't blue you know what I mean ah uh, you probably don't know what I mean anyway um but yeah so very interesting two very interesting things that are happening I am excited. I am excited about the UBI pilot. I hope it gets out of the pilot stage. Oh, excuse me. I hope it gets into uh, out of the pilot stage and into something that typically happens. The only my only concern is I don't know how it's going to be funded. Because what we we know is that the, we currently are holding the city to the fire about the use of funds as is. We give way too much overtime to police and our crime numbers are through the roof so like what are y'all doing Harrison like what are y'all doing um so yeah I'm 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 not 100% sure how that thing is going to be funded but I do know that it's shoot it should be funded from parts of the police budget uh stop all that some of this some of this overtime and be more effective and find more effective ways in policing because like it's not doing the trick um, that requires partnership, though. And so I'm, I'm, I just don't understand. These police departments should be partnering with community organizations more effectively. And I just don't understand the disconnect. Um, perhaps because the system is flawed to begin with. Moving on, um, <laughs> before I get too deep. Um, yeah, I think I just... I do want to end this on a, on a positive note. I did want to mention those two things because they had been on my mind. Um, obviously the one, the Juneteenth thing, I, I knew it was in the pipes. It had been in the pipes. Um, it had been coming down the pike rather for about a week or so that I'd known about, but I wasn't sure what was going to make of it. And I started to think of the idea that it would become law and I didn't like, it's like, dag, I couldn't be happy about something like that. 10 years ago, I would have been ecstatic. Today, I'm not because I recognize it for what it is. It's very symbolic. Very that. Um, very Black History Month. It's like, but again, in that case, two things can be true. It can be something that is symbolic for some people and very special and meaningful to others. And, and Black History Month is very special and meaningful to me and my people. Like my, and my crew. And so Juneteenth will be that too. Um, I have, I've already shared 
that there's a couple of different things that we're going to do. And we're definitely going to do go, do Dove Cote. It's Dove Coat. And actually, let me Google Dove Coat just because I thought I Googled them and I went to their page and I looked it up because it was so cool. I want to share this because it's it's um, their name. It's Dove Coat. And I have been saying as, as black folks around here have been saying forever their name incorrectly. It's Dove Coat. And it's it. They literally have the pronunciation on the uh, page. Dovecote is a medieval birdhouse or a place where a harmonious group comes to settle. And I thought that was so cute. Also, the neighborhood where Dovecote is, where where they're going to hold that celebration, is Reservoir Hill. And I cannot believe I forgot Reservoir Hill, that neighborhood, but... um, that was one of the red line communities, by the way, um, one of those na- one of those communities where uh, they put black people in, when, especially when they came back from the war, the GIs and things. They put them there in those beautiful, big old houses. Um, or was that on the other side of, uh, of Akintroli? No, 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 no. Reservoir Hill was was um, it was one of those neighborhoods where that was blockbusted, obviously. And then it. Um, it remained, and then it was a red line district for, it was part of the red line district for a little while. Um, and anyway, yeah, it's a wonderful neighborhood that's really trying to turn things, trying to improve slowly but surely, but not displace people, which I really appreciate. And so Dovecote is one of those kind of, it's becoming one of those stalwarts in the community that is very community centered and it's so centered and it's so cute. Google them on the map if you if you could. If you're not from the area, you're not even from the United States. Google Dove Coat Cafe, uh, Dove Coat in Baltimore. I think it's on McMacken. Is it on McMacken? No, it's not on McMacken. Can't call the name of the street, but Dove Coat Cafe. Um, when you Google them, it says it's temporarily closed. It's not temporarily closed. I think you, there's my uh, homegirl that I'm going to hang out with, mine. I'm going to hang out with um, on Saturday, Juneteenth. Um, her mother is super rooted in the community. That's where she grew up. Reservoir Hill is where she grew up. And so mom is her mom is on... I don't know if she's on the she's in the community coalition there or she's just in the know. Anyhow, she told mine that that other that there's a Juneteenth celebration that's happening, and I was telling her mine about it like weeks ago because I had I was sitting in a one of my coalition meetings, um, and they have a representative happened to come in and, and started to solicit uh, vendors for the event. And anyway, I was like, oh, cool. Where's your flyer? You got a flyer? All right, well, send me your flyer. We'll get it. You know, I'll spread it. And so I began to share the information. Well, mom took the information back to her mother. And mother said, um, no, this is rogue. They're not in. I mean, you could do whatever you want. But just so you know, they, this is in direct competition for the event that Dove Coat is doing. Um, and, and Dove Coat is with the community coalition, the neighborhood association. This event is not. And I said, oh, excuse me. So I don't want to start any, <laughs> I don't want to be any part of any mess. I do support Dove Coat because they are very rooted. They are a business, but they are very rooted in that Reservoir Hill community, very vested in the community. So I, I will shout them out at all costs. So um, anyway, definitely reach out to them. Um, if you're in the area, I don't remember what time the festivities begin, but you should definitely make plans to be a part of those. Um, 
yeah, and then just go on, go on, um, and then if you want to do- donate to Dove Coat Cafe, just do that because they are a real treat, like for real. They're a real safe haven in the community. Um, and Marion House, I just want to throw that out there. Just donate to Marion House. They do really great work for women turning their lives around, trying to um, turn the page on addiction um, and, you know, doing what they have to do to maintain their habit. Um, just support Marion House because it's a wonderful wonderful organization to uh support i don't even know why i said that it just it, it was they were on my heart anyway um marion how you spell marion m-a-r-i-o-n house and i think they're a part of catholic charities can't call it but definitely google marion house baltimore and they'll come up they do really great work um anyway if you're in the area you want to find some Juneteenth activities to get up with. Um, definitely go to Eventbrite and look that up. Like I said, there's a, I, I already mentioned the uh, drop, drop-in shop, pop-up shop, Sangria Bar doing whatever they're doing, um, which we might get into later that evening. Um, Dove Cote and their celebration. There's a bunch of stuff happening all over the city, I'm sure. Go to Ice Queens. Go to Ice Queens just because. Ice Queens is down there and um, uh, McHenry, McHenry Row, go to Ice Queens because it's black owned and they're awesome. Go to Serenity Bar, is it Serenity Cafe? Serenity Cafe because they're black owned and they carry black owned wines. Um, They're super tiny, but they are one of the few, uh, well, no, there's a lot of black owned shops that made it, but not, it was by the grace of God, uh, God sending people to be patrons to them because boy, this pandemic has really wreaked habit on small business owners but nevertheless um serenity cafe that's off um fort street um over there by under armor um ice queens is off of i can't call the name of the street is it if is that off i don't remember the name of the street um but anyway serenity cafe ice queens dove coat um there are more, but those are the ones that are on my heart. So you will see the links to those um, in the show notes. So anyway, um, if you're in the Baltimore area, definitely just support those organizations. Support more that I didn't even talk about, that I've forgotten about. Um, Oy and Handmade, support them somehow. Um, shoot. I don't know. Support. Google it and support them. <laughs> There's a bunch out there. Support them, support them, support them. Um, there's this one shop that did not make it. It was called Sankofa. And the woman was from Nigeria and she was so sweet, but her shop did not make it. And I think they, they closed the doors right before, like as the pandemic hit, they said, "Mm, can't do it. And when I tell you the fabrics that they had in there, the jewelry, I miss them so much. I would be talking about them right now. I'd be giving you their workshop uh, or their website um, for you to support. But anyway, I'm so sad that they had to close up shop. So I wonder what they did with that inventory. And I'm trying to find a replacement, a shop that I could probably get chinchin and oils and, um, fabric from <laughs> like, I want that in Baltimore and I just have to find it. So if you have any tips, any tips about where I can get chinchin, Really good wax paper. Um, what is it? Wax fabric. Is it wax paper? No, it's like wax fabric. Uh, 
really good fabric um, and Afrocentric jewelry, let me know. In Baltimore, in Baltimore City. I mean, in Baltimore City, in within the city limits, I will accept. I will accept the the greater Baltimore in terms of being in Baltimore County, but I would prefer Baltimore City because that's where I pay my taxes, and I would prefer a recommendation being from there. But anyway, but I'm definitely going to put in the show notes the links to this, the restaurants and the, and the places that I just mentioned because their owners are pretty cool to the chef in, uh, I forgot the chef's name, but she's pretty great, um, from Serenity Cafe. You should, just so sweet. You Please, please support them. Um, ice Queens, I mean, they have beignets. Like for no reason, they have ice cream, all the type of ice cream, all the kind of ice cream you want, especially egg custard, which is my favorite. That's not ice cream. That's an icy. Wait, what y'all call it here? I can't remember what they call it here, but egg custard snow cone. Yeah, yeah, it's like a water ice. I don't remember. They, there's so many different names for that shaved ice stuff. Um, but anyway, I like egg custard with marshmallow on top because I'm an adult. Anyway, <laughs> that was tacky. Anyway, um, but they have that, but then they also have beignets. So what are we, come on, come on. Let's, let's not and say we did. Like, you know what I mean? Let's not and say we did. Can we just go support Ice Queens, please? Thanks. Um, and then Dove Coat. Anyway, um, and as I get more in my spirit, I will share them as well. Anyhow, I think I've done enough. I've talked enough. I will be watching the rest of the low key uh, because of Wunmi. Uh, Goo and it'd be good to see Tessa too. So anyway, um, hope you enjoyed that. Um, happy Juneteenth for all who should, all the descendants, all the descendants of those who were stolen and brought here against their will, whose descendants later survived and were able to thrive to do whatever they wanted. Happy Juneteenth to y'all to us and happy whatever day it is for you guys who are listening I hope you had a good day I hope you will have a good day depending on what time you listened you're listening to this I hope you have a good nap good night good lunch good breakfast good dinner whatever um take care of yourself be nice to yourself take a moment for yourself it is not that serious it's gonna work out in the end You are in my prayers. You are in my thoughts. Have a wonderful day. Until next time.